Good morning, and if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Galatians chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 14. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile, and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow the Jewish customs? We, who are Jews by birth, are not Gentile sinners. Know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ, and not by observing the law. Because by observing the law, no one will be justified. If while we seek to be justified in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners. Does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, I prove that I am a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I've been crucified with Christ And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. If I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Well, let's just ask God to help us as we... Look at this passage together. Our Father, we thank you again for the fact that we can meet in your presence and that you are here in our midst. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this letter that Paul wrote to the church of Galatia. And we just pray that as we look at it together, we might see more of who you are. And our Father, we just lean upon you that by the power of your spirit, you will lead us and guide us because we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we come to this part of chapter 2, the second part of chapter 2 in Galatians, and we're looking at really the the title could be Freedom in Christ, because that's what Paul is saying to the church here at Galatia. You are free in Christ. Now, Paul wrote this letter because false teachers had come into the church teaching that salvation by faith alone in Jesus was not enough, and that the Gentile believers would need to conform to Jewish traditions in order to secure their salvation. And Paul tells them here in chapter 2 that he has dealt with this problem before as he shares with them the benefits of his experience of what happened when the Apostle Peter visited the church in Antioch in Syria. While visiting the church in Antioch, Peter had absolutely no problem mixing with the Gentile believers until some Jews arrived from Jerusalem. And these Jews believed that an important part of salvation was to follow the Jewish law. And Peter, along with Barnabas, began to disassociate themselves from the Gentile believers. So when we come to Galatians chapter 2 and verse uh, 11 through to 14, we, we hear about Paul taking Peter to task Now, we looked at that last week, but just for this morning as an introduction, verse 14. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, You're a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then 
that you force Gentiles to follow the Jewish customs. You see, what Paul is saying to Peter, he's saying, as a true believer whose faith is in Jesus, you know that Jews and Gentiles are united. We are equal. We are united in Christ. And you know that this is true. So why are you breaking that unity by your actions by making it appear to others that there is a difference between Jewish believers and Gentile believers. Now, last week, we had a little look into Acts chapter 10, and we saw how God had shown Peter that in Christ, both Jew and Gentile were united. And God sent him to the house of Cornelius, Cornelius a Gentile. And when Peter arrived at the house of Cornelius, where all these Gentiles were waiting for him, He could say this as he went in, he said, You are aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. And again, um, we looked at Acts chapter 15, verse 6 and 11, and just want to remind ourselves of that again as we come to what we're going to look at this morning. Because in those verses, we read this, the apostles and leaders met to consider this question. This is the question of whether um, Gentiles will have to conform to Jewish traditions or even Jewish believers would have to go back and conform to Jewish traditions in order to secure their salvation. And he said, after much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles should hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them How? By giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He didn't discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Do you get that? Purified their hearts by faith. And Peter went on, Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? No, We believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. You see, Peter, here in in the the church in, in Antioch, is doing what he said you shouldn't do. He was disassociating himself from the Jewish believers. And just to repeat that, verse 10 that we just looked at now, now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear. You see, Peter is there calling the the law a heavy burden because what it does is it exposes sin, but of itself it doesn't bring salvation. It only leads to salvation, and salvation is in Jesus. So if you are saved... Why should you now carry the weight of the law? The Jewish Christians live under the new covenant now. They don't need to carry the weight of the law. They live under the new covenant. 
brought in by the death of Jesus and not the old covenant. So the Gentile Christians who are living under the new covenant anyway do not need the old covenant. So Paul will say a lot more about the law in this letter to the Galatians. But for this morning, I want us to think about one thing, the word justified, as we read earlier in verse 16. So let's look at those verses together. And as we come to uh, verse 15 and 16 of chapter 2, we put a little heading over that, justified by faith. And this is Paul telling the Gentiles who are Christians here in Galatia, he's telling them what he told Peter. So let's just look at verse 15 and 16. He's talking to Peter and he's relating this to uh, the, the Christians in Galatia. We who, are Jews, we who are Jews by birth are not sinful Gentiles. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus and we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. What Paul is saying here, Paul is saying this and he's saying this to Peter and he wants the Gentile Christians, uh, the Gentile Christians in Galatia to know this. He's saying, we Jews, so that's him, Peter, unlike sinful, sinful Gentiles, we have the law that God gave to Moses. They don't have that. And then he goes on, he says, we also know that a person is not justified by the works of the law. So the law cannot bring justification. And then he goes on. And now as believers in Jesus, we are now justified by faith in Jesus Christ. So let's just think for a moment. Justification is an act, an act, a one-off act, by which God declares the sinner righteous. And he does that in the name of Jesus Christ. So here's just a few points for us to think about. First of all, justification comes from God and God alone. It's not something that we can do. Only God can do it. We cannot justify ourselves. Secondly, it is a one-time declaration. When the sinner is justified by God then the sinner cannot be unjustified, if unjustified is a word, but you know what I mean. Thirdly, God declares, take that word declare, God declares the sinner righteous. You see, this is a formal and an explicit, explicit announcement. And the announcement is that the sinner is righteous in the eyes of God. So fourthly, the sinner's righteousness is in Jesus Christ and not in anything that the sinner has done or even could do. Now, I want to share with you a phrase that I'm, I'm sure that many of you have heard before when you consider this subject of justification. And the phrase is, justification means just as if I have never sinned. That is a good phrase. 
Justification means just as if I have never sinned. Okay, let's think about this. This doesn't mean that you have not sinned. In fact, it means just the opposite. It means that you and I have sinned. This doesn't mean that you and I will not sin. But what it does mean is that sin has been dealt with completely. This doesn't mean that you and I were not guilty. But it means that you and I have been acquitted. In other words, set free. Free by the gospel. This is by God's grace. By the grace of God. This is because Jesus took the penalty for sin when he died in our place. Let me just share this little um, illustration. Imagine a law court. Okay, the guilty man is in the dock and he's about to be condemned by the judge. The man knows that the evidence against him is so substantial that he cannot plead his innocence. But he admits to his guilt. He is ashamed of what he's done. And he asks for forgiveness from the judge. On the basis of this, the judge offers to forgive him. But in order to do that, somebody asks, has to pay the penalty. So the judge says, I will forgive you and I will pay the penalty myself. Now, if the man will accept this, this act of mercy, and by the grace given by the judge, then the slate can be wiped clean so that the guilt is removed and the man can go free. But it's only if the man accepts this offer that the judge will declare him a free man because the judge has the power to do that. If he refuses the offer, then the man will remain condemned. And because of that, he will eventually suffer the consequences of his guilt. Now, I know this is a poor illustration, but it might help us understand how God can declare the sinner righteous. This is justification. God declaring the sinner as being righteous. You know, we've been looking at uh, the book of Job in our Bible study in Job chapter 9, verse 1 and, 10, uh, 1 and 2, chapter 9 of Job. Then Job replied, indeed, I know that this is true. And he goes on to say this. But how can mere mortals prove their innocence before God? Now, that's the question. How can mere mortals prove their innocence before God? The answer is that mortals can't. We can't. We can't declare ourselves as being innocent before God. But God can declare us as being innocent. And when God does this, that means the sinner is forgiven. But when is it that God will do this? Well, it's when the sinner seeks forgiveness, and he does that by trusting in God's grace. God's grace, trusting that God can set them free, free from sin. How? 
by the price that Jesus paid. He paid for their freedom when he died on the cross. You know, Paul in his other letter says an awful lot about justification by faith. And here in this letter, we will say, uh, he'll also say a lot more about the law. But here, just in these few verses from Romans chapter 3, uh, let's look at them just to throw some light on the subject, the subject of justification, the subject of the law. At the moment, we're thinking about justification. So this is what Paul said in his letter to the Romans, Romans 3 verse 20. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. What does that mean? It means that the law can only condemn us. It cannot save us. It cannot declare us righteous. Romans 3 verse 10 to 31. Since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith, do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. Now, we're going to have a little look at that verse a little bit later on. But let's just take this from me for the time being. It is God who justifies both the Jew and the Gentile by the same faith in Jesus so that both are declared righteous by God just as if they had never sinned. So Paul is saying to the Galatian Christians, and this is what he wants to confirm to them, the freedom that they have in the gospel. He said, when you came to God as penitent sinners and took Jesus as your saviour, then you are set free from God's judgment for your sin. Because of your faith, you're forgiven. Because of your faith, you are now justified. And now by God's grace and by his act of justification, you have been declared righteous in his eyes, starting right now, right now, and lasting forevermore through this life and on into eternity. So justification is a one-off act of God who declares us righteous. Salvation is complete. And as now being righteous in God's sight, and we have been made righteous with God's righteousness, we are called to live by faith and to live a righteous life. How do we do that? Well, that's an ongoing thing. We are righteous in God's sight. But while here on earth, we still have to live in a sinful world and we maintain that righteousness as much as we can by following Jesus. Not for salvation, we already have that. But because of salvation, we will always be righteous in God's eyes because of what Jesus did. This brings us back to the, the part of Romans 3, verse 31 that we looked at earlier. Let me just read this again. Since there is only one God 
Right, we know that. And then it goes on. Who will justify, that is, declare righteous, the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith? That's the truth that we need to grab hold of. That's the truth that these Gentiles had to grab hold of. This is the truth that Peter knew, but he pushed it to one side a little bit. He never became unrighteous. He was still righteous in the eyes of God, but he was doing something he shouldn't have done. But that verse that we're looking at in, in Romans 3 goes on. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? And he says, not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. If we come to verse 17 through to 18 of Galatians 2, Paul preempts what the Judaizers will say. He's just expounded a truth, the truth of justification. But he knows that these Judaizers will try to turn it around. So verse 17 and 18. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? And he goes in there, absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. You see, what Paul is doing here is preempting what they will say. Paul is removing the possibility of justification by faith being misinterpreted by these hostile Jews who might attempt to twist the logic and the sense of what Paul is saying, just as Satan did with Adam and Eve and would later do with Jesus in the wilderness as he attempted to, to tempt Jesus. You see, these Judaizers, they might say, if we, the sinless Jews who have the law, turn from the law and become sinners like the Gentiles, then because of this, do we then have to turn to Jesus? And if that's the case, doesn't that mean that Jesus is bringing sin? And Paul says, absolutely not. And if you look at the AV, it says, God forbid. This is strong words from Paul. He's shooting these Judaizers down. And when we come to verse 19 through to 21, here Paul continues, and he continues here in the first person. Remember, he's been speaking to Peter. He's been telling the Galatian um, uh, Christians what he said to Peter, but he's talking to them as well through this. And he says in verse 19, for through the law, I died. So he's talking about himself. Through the law, I died to the law. Why? So that I might live for God. And he goes on, I have been crucified with Christ and no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And he said, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. That's wrong words there, but they're really good words. This is freedom from the law doesn't mean that we become lawless when we accept Jesus as our saviour. Because now we live under God's law presented to us in Christ and as directed by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit who is now within us. 
And as I said, Paul uses strong words. I died to the law. Why? So that I might live to God. The law condemns and speaks of death. But God liberates. Jesus freed us when he died on the cross. And that brings us life. The old life, as Paul is saying, was nailed to the cross. And the new creation is Christ living in me. And he's saying, if the law could make us righteous, then Christ died for nothing. But he's telling the truth that the law cannot make us righteous. Therefore, Christ had to die to secure our salvation. Now, Paul will later say in his letter, this is in Galatians chapter 3, verse 11, he says this, Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God, because the righteous will live by faith. What of us to think about there? But you know, justification. Once God declares us righteous because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, when we accept that and we accept Jesus as our Savior, we are forgiven at the same time. We are declared righteous and God will always declare us as being righteous. Until that righteousness, that is his righteousness in us, will be declared full righteousness when we see him face to face. Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you that once we are saved, we are saved for eternity. We know that we continue to live in what is a sinful world, and sometimes we do not appear to be righteous. But our Father, it's not our righteousness. It is your righteousness that you have given us so that you can accept us as those who have been washed in the blood and our father we just pray that as we continue to walk in faith that we might be reminded that we have that freedom of forgiveness and even when we fail we are still seen as being your righteous people Father, just lead us and guide us. And if there's any who do not know you as Saviour, that they might take that step of faith, that they might come to you in true repentance and know the truth of the gospel. Now, Father, we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, just before we finish, I'll just close by reading another two verses from Romans. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And you know, the church at Galatia needed to know this. They needed to be able to say amen to that. And in knowing that, they will know that you cannot add anything to the gospel. 
because when Christ died, he could say, it's finished. And again, we'll all say, Amen to that. Amen.